I was so nervous, I couldn't sit still. I straightened the pens on the blotter again, then turned the recorder so it lined up with the edge of the desk. I'm not OCD, but when I'm nervous, I like my ducks and pens in a row. Who wouldn't be nervous, meeting a famous rock star? I wiped my hands against my skirt. I didn't want my palms to be sweaty when we shook. The knock on the door was so quiet I almost didn't hear it over the pounding of my heart. I hurried across the living room, reaching up to smooth down my hair and straighten my blouse. My heels made a sharp tattoo on the wooden floor of the foyer as I crossed to the door. Okay, slow down, I told myself. You don't want to scare him away with your excitement. Be professional. Without bothering to look through the peephole, I pulled the door open. He was turned, looking down the street, so my first view was of his profile. And what a profile. He wore dark glasses, but he couldn't hide the high cheekbones or the way his hair cascaded over his shoulders and down his back. He turned and reached up, removing his sunglasses. He wore a dark brown leather jacket and a pair of black jeans. Beneath the jacket, his white shirt gaped at the throat and showed a bronze expanse of chest. A silver necklace with a bear on it lay between the lines of his pecs, and an earring peeked out of the fall of his hair. His eyes were large, like black velvet, heavily ringed with lashes. His lips were full, but entirely masculine, and those cheekbones cut sharp angles in his face, dropping down to a smooth, shaved, strong chin. The man was beautiful. There was no denying it. I forced a smile and thrust out my hand. I'm so glad to meet you, I said. My voice sounded strained, pitched way too high. He smiled, showing even white teeth, and took my hand. His grip was firm, and I felt the press of a ring against my palm. I looked down and saw a silver band with etchings that looked like feathers encircling it on his middle finger. Jolene Gray? he asked. He had a smoky, sexy voice that rumbled from deep inside his chest. It was a voice I had listened to in the quiet of my room as a teenager, dreaming fantasies that would never be. One and the same. I reluctantly released him and stepped back. Please, come in. As he passed me, I looked out at the street. A Jeep Cherokee was parked in front of my house, but he seemed to be alone. That surprised me. Didn't rock stars usually have a huge entourage following them at all times? No assistant? He turned, sliding one of the ears on the sunglasses into the neck of his shirt. No, no assistant. Just me. I'm tall for a woman, 5'10 in heels, and standing in the foyer with him, I looked him directly in the eye. He wore a pair of beaten-up brown boots, the heels run down. I knew it was a fashion statement. A man like him could buy the finest pair of alligator boots if he wanted. Please, come in. I motioned into the living room. When I decided to become a writer, I'd turned it into an office. I liked the open space, and I especially liked the view of the street the bay windows afforded me. I had to admit it. I was a voyeur. Other people's lives had fascinated me from the time I was a child. He entered the room looking around. I had to brush by him to get to my desk. He smelled clean, leather, and musky, all male. I drew a deep breath and blinked, trying to gain control of my raging hormones. Please, have a seat, I said, motioning to the armchair before my desk.
Can I get you something to drink? He removed his jacket, placing it on the back of the chair. The tails of his white shirt were out, hanging around his hips. The sleeves were rolled up to his elbows, displaying well-muscled bronze forearms, and a leather band, wrapped around each wrist, held a metal buckle. Water, please, he said, sinking into the chair. I hurried into the kitchen and pulled open the refrigerator, grabbing the decanter and reaching for a glass on the drainboard. I'm so glad you found time to meet with me. I poured the water and replaced the decanter, carrying the glass back to him. I placed it on a coaster in front of him, resisting the impulse to straighten it. He was staring at the recorder, but looked up when I sank into my own chair. For the first time, his expression looked tense. I'm still not sure about this. I folded my arms on the blotter, wanting to appear unthreatening. I'll only write what you want me to write. I'm not interested in representing you in a way you don't want. This isn't an unauthorized biography. I only want to write what you tell me, nothing more. If you say you don't want something in the book, it doesn't go. He nodded, but he was chewing on his lower lip. I got a strong feeling he might bolt if I wasn't careful, so I kept my mouth shut and let him work through whatever he was feeling. My therapist thinks this is a good idea, but... His eyes lifted, and he gave me the ghost of a smile. Damn, the man exuded a potent sexuality. I think she needs a drink herself. I laughed, and I could see his shoulders lower a little. Why don't I tell you what I plan, and then we'll just talk? He looked at the recorder again. I'm not sure about being taped. I grabbed the recorder and shoved it in the desk drawer. It's gone. He gave me an amused smile. If you're going to be that accommodating, I'm not sure how I'll refuse.